following podcast contains spoilers and words like G, whiz, and gosh damn it. We watch it. We watch it. Walker, walker, walker. Welcome to We Watched a Thing. As always, you've got Billy, and because I love her, you've got Noosk. How you doing, Noosk? I'm good. I think you need to restart. <laughs> that was. What was that? Okay. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to We Watched a Thing. You've got Billy and Noosk. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> That's good. It's always good when you get these things on the first go, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Uh, And this week, I asked you to join me because I'm getting classy. We're watching an Austin (laughs) film. Mm, Yep, not usually your scene. (laughs) Have you been anyway? Why why do you ask that? I live with you. (laughs) Yeah, but for the people, the people don't live with you. Our house is a continuous variation on the plague because (laughs) we have kids and it's winter. Yeah, Um, hasn't been great, has it? No, sucked. You know what is great, though? Austin. <laughs> Austin. Yes. Yes. She's are, all right. She are, does okay for herself. We are, of course, talking about Persuasion, which is a 2022 American drama film directed by Carrie Cracknell from a screenplay by Ron Bass and Alice Victoria Winslow. It's based on the novel of the same name by Jane Austen, and it stars Dakota Johnson, Cosmo Jarvis, Nikki Amuka Bird, Mia McKenna-Bruce, Richard E. Grant, and Henry Golding. And what is it about, Noosk? Oh, I always forget you're going to ask me that. <laughs> It's an Austin film. It's about, you know. About a woman getting married. <laughs> usually. Yeah. Unrequited love or, you know, <laughs> society. still ends in marriage. <laughs> yes. Po- society, politics, etc. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, as soon as I saw this was coming out, I was like, yeah, I want to do this with news. I know your Pride and Prejudice is one of your favourite stories of all time. In fact, you love just about every version of that film, don't you? Um, I mean, there's not that many, but yes, I do. Not that many. Well, there's the miniseries and then there's the Kira Knightley version. And I think there, I think there is another version that I haven't seen, but the Kira Knightley and the miniseries is like the main go-tos and true fans would say the miniseries is the only go-to, <laughs> but <laughs> so, I'm okay with watching the movie. <laughs> but you've not read Persuasion, have you? No, no, I haven't. So... As well as not being a film person, I also haven't read the book, so I really don't know why you have me here. (laughs) Well, let's get into it then. The movie has not been that well received. Lots of negative reviews. Yep. I'm going to come out here on Front Street. I don't get it. Why the bad reviews, people? This movie's fine. Like, is it going to set your world on fire? No. No. But but no Austin film is. It's fine. How dare you? How dare you? How very dare you? This is exactly exactly what I expected it to be, I think. It's, you know, it's- I think the acting is quite good. I think the cinematography is lovely and British, and I th- I think it's a fine time. Look, I, I understand where people are coming from. If you are looking to watch a true Austin film, then, yeah, this isn't going to float your boat. Um, breaking the fourth wall is not something that's done. Okay, yeah, um, all right. At all. And there, there just were a few sort of... I guess creative choices as well, um, sometimes in maybe some of the costuming, sometimes in the – I mean, the score overall was wonderful, but then the use of the song at the end, I yeah, was like yeah. – even even I at that point was like, what? And for the most part, I was really enjoying it and didn't mind the breaking of the fourth wall because it just felt a bit like that sort of uh, more modern version of Emma that came out you know, a couple of years ago. See, here's what I don't get, right? All of the negative reviews about this film reference that 
that talking to the camera and the anachronisms and stuff. But to me, this was – you just brought it up. I didn't even bring it up yet. This felt very similar to me mm. to last year's adaptation of Emma. Yeah. Uh, but where people Topher didn't like that either. mainly spoke about Clueless. No, that's not true. That movie was really well received. Was it? Yes. Oh, and I that's you why you said at the time it wasn't. No. And that's why I kind of feel like this movie is a little bit hard done by. I, like, I don't know if it's just because – Every review I've read has referenced Fleabag. For yeah, why? Like, okay. Is that just because of the breaking of the fourth wall? See, because but Fleabag didn't invent that. I've never seen Fleabag. No, and I was like, oh, cool. So this I is have, like, it's and like it's Austin nothing like Fleabag. <laughs> it's nothing, yeah. nothing like Fleabag. See, I, I don't like, know what they're talking about. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. This is like an Austin version of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm digging it. <laughs> yes, yes. So, I personally actually really enjoyed that stylistic treatment. Yes, I thought that I it, added, it added a modern flourish while not modernizing the film like this isn't baz Luhrmann's romeo and juliet oh this is it's no, still no, we very haven't gone that far it's still very much a period piece oh yeah just with enough modern flourishes that the youth of today i think can actually watch and enjoy it well that's just it at some point these films based on these books mm. have to start to reflect modern culture well if you want it to continue to be as Big as it can be yeah. with, um, you know, because, like, it's a bit like ballet. You know, I am a total bunhead. I am a complete <laughs> ballet nut. But it will die out unless it can sort of, you know, become more accessible. And so, I think that's what this film was just trying to do. And yeah. I really enjoyed it. All right. Well, let's get straight into it then. Um, as you said, you haven't read the Austen book. I have not either. In fact, I've never read any Austen yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, it requires a little bit more right? concentration than you know the average book, which is why you don't read it at night after a full day with your children and no sleep ahead of you. <laughs> you sort of just get through the first page and you're like, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> it's highly predictable though, right? Like honestly, I think it was about halfway through when I turned and said to you, "Is this the same story as Pride and Prejudice?" <laughs> no. And, okay, okay, <laughs> maybe it's not. But once again, you've got two men. One's obviously the nice guy. One's obviously a little bit more kind of brash. She's it's like it felt very, very similar to me. I'm like, okay, well, that's the Mister Wickham. <laughs> like, Excuse me, how dare you? I said that's the Mister Wickham. <laughs> like you would know who Mister Wickham is. <laughs> Who's Mister Wickham, Billy? I do know this. He's the one that's not Mister Darcy. <laughs> no. <laughs> is he Mister Darcy's friend? Uh, no, he's not. Hmm. He's he's the Daniel Cleaver of Pride and Prejudice, right? He's like the he's like the Hugh Grant in Bridget Jones. Yeah. Yeah. See, I know what I'm doing. No, you don't. <laughs> Very cruel race. No. Okay, well that's a Bridget Jones reference and not <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about Bridget Jones instead? <laughs> Always. We, we should I love that we should film. do that sometime. Yeah, we should. Um I mean, a highly predictable story, but at no point was I not enjoying what was yeah. happening on screen. And I think- You and I laughed out loud several times well, as well. Like that quick wit of, yeah. um, you know, making fun of um, like her family members or the family members themselves just being so obviously terrible people that yeah. you laugh at them. Like, I don't know. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think largely to me, the reason this movie worked so well is on the strength of Dakota Johnson. I- I love. She's great. I'm not afraid to say it. I think that there, for a long time, was a real kind of not backlash, but 
you know, when you become associated with a franchise that everybody knows is- Yeah, look is at our pats. Not but, that, but exactly. you can move past it. You can move past it. Yeah, and I've really, and really been that. enjoying a lot of stuff she's done lately. I loved her in the Suspiria remake, and I loved her in this. She's got such charm and presence that it is hard not to she seems like a fall in person. love with her. I've seen her in interviews and stuff, and yeah, I don't know. I dig her. I did wonder, because it is- Oh, I mean, <laughs> I say on a podcast, don't quote me on this, but I do feel like the rest of the cast was predominantly British. So I did wonder why the lead was an American doing a British accent when, you know, there's plenty of um, British ownership of Jane Austen already. I mean, it's one of those and interesting questions. Do the role. I mean, we let Henry, Henry Cavill, famously British, play Superman, one of the most American characters ever. Well, like, yeah, yeah, I think you just kind of whatever, have to go with whoever works for the role. I mean, look, would Michelle Dockery have worked? Sure. Absolutely. But then, but then, you're, but then you're literally just watching Downton Abbey. No, you're not. It's not the and same. If, if you've got Michelle Dockery in there, then you have to get bloody, you know. No, you don't. Dame no. and her magic up in there. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I will not continue to do period pieces on here with you if you ruin them. But who else is going to do them with me? Nobody. Your podcast will die but without thing, me to float I've, it. Here's the thing. I know that I've said this many times that I don't like period pieces. I think I secretly do. I think I kind of, of enjoy them do, a little Billy. bit. They're the best. And you're basically a teenage girl at heart, so I don't understand why you've resisted them for so long. That's true. That's true. And they're better than anyway, the Kevin Smith film. On the on – the, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, on to the rest of the cast then. Um Richard E. Grant is like third build in this film, and I think he's only in like the opening couple of scenes, right? Oh, he does no, come back later. No, he came back. He was in it several times. And Henry Golding is also listed much higher up than he should be. Yeah. I mean, he's ever charming. What else has he been in? Uh, last Christmas with Oh, Amelia that's Clark, right. Yes, yes. Which you and I watched last Christmas. We did. <laughs> I know. Look at that. <laughs> Look how that tied in. And I like him. I like most of the cast across the board, but I do think that for me it, it really is the strength of Dakota Johnson that kept me watching this film. Oh, she is completely charming and you just, you know, you feel you are her when you're watching it. That's the strength of um of her being able to pull you in like that while she's talking to you and it's You've not got to stay close and it's not jarring. So something else I enjoyed which also I suppose takes it into the modern age for a more modern audience to enjoy, which apparently is a Bridgerton thing to have done, which is to use people of colour as main characters in not just servant roles. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah, I, like, I haven't seen Bridgerton yet. It's on the list for us to watch. It'll be our new Downton Day <laughs> thing, um, in which you will make scones, right? Yeah, I'll make yep. scones. Yep. Um, yeah, that, you know, these- they're um, rich, affluent people who are some of them at the top of society, and it's just it's not even mentioned, and it's a really cool thing. Yeah, yeah. I th- I wonder if that stems from Hamilton, just that kind of use oh, of like these know, are just people, maybe. and they're just playing people. And yeah. you know, sure, Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr were old, crummy white guys, but it really doesn't matter. Like, yeah. yeah, it still allows um, people of color to take ownership of the history that they existed in as well. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it started with Hamilton because Bridgerton came after that. I don't know. I don't know where it's come from, but it's cool. Yeah, hundo percent. Hundo. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. What did you think of the score in this film? I remember 
enjoying it, yep. but not to the point where I could tell you anything about it now. I yeah. think it just kind of, yeah. which is, you know, that's a period piece score. It just kind of washes over you. I remember thinking, oh, okay, I feel like this is maybe at least in part inspired by the 2005 Pride and Prejudice, which oh, is a slapping didn't, soundtrack. Didn't, didn't do as good. It doesn't I hit still listen heights. to that soundtrack or bits of it at least once a week oh, that, and use it in dance class. That like, was in the classic FM Hottest 100. Of course it was. Yeah. It's amazing. Like it doesn't hit those heights, but I can no. feel Feel, I could feel that inspiration there where I was like, okay, they're going for a similar doing. kind of vibe. Yeah. Like there's lots of piano as opposed to full or orchestral. Yeah, full strings and stuff. Yeah. What did you think of the song at the end? I didn't care. I know that you were very against <laughs> it. That was the one part of the film where you were like, this fucking shit. I, I did say that. Of- <laughs> I, was like- I did not say that. But I <laughs> you was- got very angry. Yes, I was against it. You spilt I- your sake everywhere. I didn't even have a sake. Stop painting me as this drunk that you watch period pieces Just with. There were just, you know, crumbs of chips all over your shirt. They were flinging everywhere as you violently threw your arms around. <laughs> I can't confirm whether we had chips or not, but (laughs) (laughs) how dare you? (laughs) Yeah, no, look, I honestly, to me, it was neither here nor there. It was just kind of a thing that was happening. And I was like, yeah, this makes sense for what this film is. Like, it's not. I found it very jarring. And I was like, oh, are they trying to do a bit like an Outlander thing? I was going to say, I assumed that it was written for the film. I don't feel there are no Celtic um, ties in this film. And I was like, this isn't working. No. Like, even the song, even, like, I know it's not a Celtic song but even the yeah you know the voice feel yeah it, and yeah. i was like what I, what are yeah. you doing i mean you know what it is though it's the countryside and whatnot like they're sitting there they're looking no. out at like the, no. the moors and it's like yeah this they're is not looking at the moors <laughs> oh my god billy they were in bath for most of it yeah but yeah bath you know country Moors, it's you know whatever oh, it feels, but it feels you know there's greenery and it's very atmospheric. I think is no to, why, why the use of me- the song was incorrect and I hated it. And the other thing I did not like, which again I haven't read the book, so maybe people maybe people will write into you and be like, she's wrong. That is how it is. But I just felt like the ending was completely inaccurate for how the um. In what way? So well, let's, let's, in, in how, let's turn in to how the, story. the times, like people behaved in those times. Oh, because she the, ran up and like, kissed him, yeah, open-lipped the, on the street. <laughs> yes, after after the Mister Wickham version, as you said, was already kissing. Um, you know, the marriage he was trying to yeah. stop from happening, openly on the street as well, like full snogging, and I was just like, what? And then she's totally fine with that. So then she runs to. You know her, Mister Darcy, I guess. And, yeah, yeah. And openly kisses him, and it just—I was like, "But you've just ruined everything that this." I disagree. No, that's because the that's romance. the allure. I, no, 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 no. See, this is where you're wrong. The allure of these films and these books and just those times in general was when, like, a woman's ankle, uh, yes, was see? revealing. And I think here is the disconnect, and this is why I liked the film, and even you to a certain extent, whereas a lot of people didn't like it. As well as the constant references to Fleabag in the bad reviews, one thing that was brought up a lot is that this characterization of Anne Elliot, mm-hmm. she's too witty, she's too clever, she's too smart, she's mm-hmm. too funny, all of these things. Whereas in the Why book- is she not in the book? No. Right. In the book, I guess it describes her more as like a bit of a shell of a person. And because of her heartbreak and yeah. rejecting him. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's why a lot of kind of true Austenites 
mm. didn't enjoy it. And quite frankly, a bunch of just wankers who like to say, oh, no. it's not the same. Oh, oh my God, <laughs> stop. You are the very first person to start talking about how The Martian was good, but it's not as good as the book. You love to be that person who's like, it's not really accurate. Oh, no, that's crap. I think I think it varies. Look at Jurassic Park, for example. Love the book, love the film. The film is completely different than the book, and yet it's like my number two favourite film of if all time. If those people adore the book and would have been excited to see a film coming out mm. about it, they are allowed to be pissed off that they completely rewrote the character. I get that. I get that. But for me as someone it's who the same reason I hate the Harry Potter films. Oh, yes, 100%. But for me as someone who hasn't read the book, I think that's why I liked this film because I I loved her character and I loved her yeah. and I can't imagine But we haven't this. read the book. Yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, let's yeah. Let's do that. Let's start a book club. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Like I haven't got enough to do. <laughs> well, audiobook, mate. I when do I get to listen to audiobooks? <laughs> We get in the car and our girls are like, I want Call Me Maybe. I want Party in the USA. And then it's just those two songs on repeat until we get to our destination. Oh, man. The other day we were on our way somewhere, somewhere far. I'll say that. I can't remember where it was, but it was far. (laughs) Southside. And I, you know, I let them take turns. Yeah. And yet they both just repeatedly picked fucking Hoedown Throwdown by Miley Cyrus. And that's, oh man, that song grates. Like, I love Miley as much as the next guy, but geez, that's. I think more than the next guy, to be fair. (laughs) It, oh, it was not a good time. (laughs) No. That's my life, Billy. Welcome to stay at home parenting. (laughs) Get on board with it. All right. Sorry, we've digressed. I found some of the costuming at times to be. A nice modern flair, a bit like the Anna Taylor Joy Emma film did. Yeah, like the yeah. like the striking sort of you know mustard gold or emerald greens. Like nothing was overly muted. There was always some, unless the scene needed it to be muted because yeah, you know, she was. It's like, funny. This is conveying her. This heart is probably rate. my favorite. Well, okay, there is something to be said about when a film strives for accuracy. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about this very recently with The Northman, where Robert Eggers went to great lengths for the film to be extremely accurate of the time. Mm. Uh, to the point where I he didn't ac- see it. To the point where he actually had to edit it because test audiences couldn't understand what they were saying because they were what using- What do you mean, the language? Yeah, they were using very authentic Viking language. Um so they ended up. I don't know if they ADR'd, but they changed a lot of the dialogue to make it more manageable. Like he went to great really? lengths for the film to be very, very accurate. So yeah, and that's, that's probably a good call on his part. To edit it then. <laughs> and there is a lot to be said about the accuracy of something like that. Like I also loved his. You know, I mean, he's just the master of that. The lighthouse was very much the same, where you feel like you're in the 1800s. The one my parents saw because my mum just liked lighthouses. <laughs> they are the last people who should have seen that movie. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, you know, there is something to be said about that. But I also love an anachronism. And I think the thing about this film, what it does really well for me is this isn't a modern retelling. This is very clearly a period piece. But as you say, there's just the odd modern flair. Like, the costuming doesn't feel out of place. You don't look at the costuming and go, oh, wow, that's, you know, that was hot in the 2010s. Or certainly I because I have no fashion sense. But it just, but you it's, did it's actually an easy way me, in. Yeah, yeah, it's it's making it accessible. Yeah. Mm. Um, you it's, did actually say to me, though, remember, at one point, is is that a dress that they would wear in the times? Because that looks like something you could wear now. 
Yeah. And it was one of her sort of more casual day dresses around her house. Yeah. So, she wasn't dressed up to be out in society. And, yeah, you could absolutely wear that now. And, you know, fashion these days is just a total hodgepodge of everything previous. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. new anymore. But, um, yeah, it, it both mixed in with the times. Yeah. There wasn't anywhere near as much cleavage as I feel has been portrayed to be. Yeah, yeah. In the times, but again, yeah, yeah. it was and still a fitted around the bus dress and then, you know, had that flowing sort of A-line feel. You yeah. don't know what I'm saying. I have no idea. Okay. Um, material. Yeah. <laughs> there were dresses. <laughs> it's the same with the language too. Like, there's nothing, it's not like they're walking around going, yo, dog, man, yo, this, I've been persuaded to do this shit, yo. Please don't stop that. <laughs> what, what are you doing? But, but they do drop a lot of terms like, say, X. Which wasn't yeah, necessarily- Yeah, the language was definitely updated. But it's not to the point where it takes you out of the period of the film. Oh, uh, I actually did find really? it took me out. Yes, absolutely. Because if, if you watch sort of, you know, some of the more traditional ones like- um, I was going to- Like Sense and Sensibility. Yeah, yeah. Or, or the Pride and Prejudice film or the miniseries or, you know, just some of those older ones- Um. They do stick to the language that was used, which I really enjoy. It, it, I find that is much more of an escape, whereas this sort of was like a hybrid that was balancing on the edge of being like super accessible, but mm. also still trying to, yeah, do the right thing by yeah, period fans. And, may, and obviously it hit, it hit the mark for me and you. But it did not hit the mark for true Austin fans, which is fair enough. I do understand yeah. that. Yeah. Especially if you've bothered to read the book and you've, you know, sat down and concentrated and <laughs> like, I mean, it's not Shakespeare, but it's, you know, it's definitely not just everyday language. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you watch this film, you would feel a bit let down by it. Mm. I get that. Yeah. I really, I really loved her, her sister, her younger sister. Oh, that was gold. It was, oh. Every time she spoke, I was like, yep. this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, where are the children? She's like, oh, if this is, you know, <laughs> if I've learned one thing, yeah. <laughs> it's that I should not be around my children too much. And I was like, girl, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel even, you. Even just like, I think it was one of the first interactions where the other person, she was upset she wasn't being invited somewhere. It's like, we're going for a walk. You don't like outdoors yes. or moving your legs <laughs> <laughs> yes but i would like to be invited and then the next scene she's being carried <laughs> yeah yeah it was great <laughs> again i don't know if that's in the book or not so maybe they sort of char like um characterized her yeah so yeah i, I do understand that <laughs> but for the most part we really enjoyed it yeah i just didn't care for the ending yeah um, so so this is a netflix film a oh, netflix original okay. yeah so they have they've produced this mm -hmm. netflix are in an interesting place at the moment where- Yes, I've, I've heard that. They don't are, keep up on, <laughs> well, I don't know, stuff, so tell me. <laughs> well, they're just, they're losing subscribers left, right, and center, and, mm -hmm. and their stocks have, have gone down a lot. There's Why a lot of question. Well, I don't know. I guess that's that's the ultimate question. Our good friends over at the Netflix and Swill podcast, probably, that would be a good place to listen if you want to try to figure out what's going on. In fact, uh, Dan from that show will be joining me next week to talk about The Grey Man. Um, mm. But- yeah, it's it's an interesting question. No one really knows what's happening. I think it's just a bit of oversaturation. Like when Too Netflix, many streaming yeah, when Netflix options. started, they were it. Yeah, they were like, you know, like with music, it's really easy because there's much less 
exclusivity. Like, sure, there's still competition between Apple Music and Spotify, for example. <laughs> Barely. But if you're on one of those services, you're pretty much going to have access to just about every song Everything. ever written. Yeah. Whereas with streaming services, I think there is so much exclusive content at the moment that if you want to watch everything, or even let's not even everything, let's say you could only like four shows, but all four of them could be on four. Oh, absolutely! Services. I know lots of people who just you know constantly like cancel a subscription and just mm. do a trial for the time that they need to watch the show and then cancel yeah. it again. And I feel like Netflix probably hit saturation point because they were the first. There was a time when. Everybody was a Netflix subscriber. Yeah. And so of course at some point that's gonna break and drop. So I don't I don't know. I I like I actually like the Netflix model. I don't think without Netflix we would have ever seen this movie. I don't think anybody else is making this movie. This is not what uh, this could have easily have aired at cinemas and people would have gone, don't you think? I don't think so. I think in think this- about the cinema crowd. That, yeah, like, I think there's this Marvel climate- and Jurassic World, and then the other crowd is older people who might not have liked it. But exactly, still would have gone might to not see have liked it. it. I think that in the no, current climate, in the current climate we're in, I just I don't think this would have worked as a cinema release. And to be honest, it doesn't I'd really disagree. seem like it's even working as a Netflix release. <laughs> yes, but that's because old people don't have Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. So they actually did themselves over there and should have released it in a cinema. Yeah, I, I wonder if this maybe would have done better, say, on like Amazon Prime or something, where you have a lot, like a different demographic. Like Netflix, really, I think at the moment is the Stranger Things demographic. Yes, at the moment, of course, the people right who now. have stayed with Netflix are the people who are yep. watching that. <laughs> like- One of my students last night was describing her new contemporary dance, and she was like, she she was really struggling to describe it, and we're all standing there confused, and she goes. Well, you've all seen Stranger Things, so it's like that. <laughs> and, we were, and like, I was like, wow, look at that, you know? Like, that is a show that's crossing generations. Oh, I know yeah. what she's talking about. All my students, like, young Gen Z kids know what she's talking about. God, even some of the alpha generation would know of it, maybe not have seen it because it's too scary for You know them. what? They might have now, though, because here's the interesting thing about that show is that it's only four seasons in and yet it's been like eight years or yeah, something. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> like- but it even appeals right up to the baby boomers, like who yeah. are nostalgic for the 80s as well. Like, Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just, anyway, why are we talking about Stranger Things <laughs> and not this movie? <laughs> okay, all right. Let's get back to Persuasion. Yeah. We both, it's obvious that we both enjoyed this movie. How are you scoring it? Oh, oh I always forget you're going to ask me that too. Um, <laughs> I think hmm, it's a seven out of ten for mm-hmm. me. Probably a week seven because yeah. of the ending, yeah. but yeah, I I, I I would still watch it again. I yeah. would absolutely have a scone day with you or have my sister and my girlfriends over and we would all watch this and, you know, drink wine. Fair enough. Yep. I, I'm, a, I'm a six, mainly because I still have that period piece barrier where I still think I know that Jane Austen is a classic. But as much as you modern, you can modernize this all you want. I still think it's a weak story. <laughs> I just, oh, I, I'm not, right. I'm not a fan of Austen's plotting. I think get, get out! <laughs> oh my god, this is like grounds for divorce. Do you it's, know what you're saying it's right now? Just, it's just not. Shut! Stop it! Okay. Stop! Stop there. So anyway, I'm a six. Which you know is what to was say, really annoying, actually. 
every time they said the word persuaded, <laughs> you were like, that's the name of the movie. And I was like, no, it's not actually. It's persuasion. Oh, yeah. But, but they, you were they, try- mention, they no. mention that word a lot. They no. are constantly bringing up persuasion. Oh, for goodness sake. She was and- just talking about how she was persuaded not to marry him, which, by the way, is the whole entire basis for the plot. It is fair enough to mention that word. Yeah. Uh, actually, here's a question. We should think about this. Do you what do, do you, you do think? the same thing when aliens or alien says uh, there's an alien? I was just going to say that. What do you think is the best film where the title of the film is said repeatedly in the plot? Because, for example, Jurassic Park, they say the words Jurassic Park yeah, together a lot. Yeah, but that's because they're saying welcome Ex- to Jurassic exa- Park. Well, exactly. Exactly. And same with um, Alien. It's a very I don't know. Simple- I'd have to think on that. That is probably something you should ask your viewers in a poll. You know, like Star Wars. I don't think they ever actually use the words Star no, Wars that together. Would in the film. That would be lame. That would be lame. That would be super lame. That would be really lame. <laughs> there was a film that you and I watched and maybe reviewed on here where we were like, oh, my God, they kept saying it. What was it? I don't even was know. Was it what- something terrible like The Holiday or something? <sighs> Possibly, but it wasn't that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'd have to look at the episodes. With yeah. <laughs> so, long story short, I'm a six, which is to say I enjoyed this film. Yep. I, I think that critics have been overly harsh on it. Would I recommend it to everybody? No. But you know, like, if you're but the kind of person- But a period piece is not something you recommend e- to everyone exactly. anyway. So- if you are the kind of person who's going to enjoy this film- you know already that you're the kind of person mm. who's going to enjoy this film, I think. Yeah. So, oh, we forgot to talk about, like, the main hunk. Mr. Weather? Water? Weather? I mean, it's a Jane Austen film. It's How you dare know. you? Stop it. Also, he was bland AF and I did not care for him. Yeah, you, you yep. wanted her to go with uh, old mate. Well, Henry no, Goldie. because I knew that was not going to be the- Okay, no, you're you're drawing me into territory where I'm going to basically say it was predictable and blah, blah, blah. I'm yeah. not interested in that. <laughs> People should see this film and it's lovely. Anyway, it's, you know a, what it's a cup I of tea You know film. what I would have liked? If she didn't end up with anybody. Well, if, yeah, of course. But Yeah. You know that this kind, is- you know that this kind of plot ha- – There are. I, I was learning this yesterday actually in uni because I'm studying writing. There are se- – they – well – it's debated that some people claim that there are seven plots and right. that there are only seven plots. Oh, right. This okay. kind is specifically called the marriage plot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I disagree with that. I think that there's more than that. But yeah, specifically referred to as the marriage plot. I mean, Hollywood is fast running out of ideas. It's really hard to find an original film these days. So, well, then you do see a truly original film and a lot of people don't like it. Like what? Like men. Very, oh, you can't deny man. that that film is original, whether you like it or not. <sighs> Mother, another one. Yeah, men freaked me out. I remember you kept turning to me and being like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is really unpleasant to watch. This is not a cup of tea film. Great date. Day. It does not feel like a warm cup of tea in me. <laughs> well, thanks. Feels like I've taken cocaine or something <laughs> and I'm not happy with how my body feels. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Noosk. Is there anything you want to plug? Do you want to tell the listeners where to find you? <laughs> No. <laughs> um, if you want to follow me and get weird uh, ballet content. <laughs> no, no. 
We're not doing that. That's weird. All right. Bye. Well, um, already mentioned next week, I'll be joined by the great Dan from Netflix and Twill to talk about The Grey Man, which I'm very, very curious about. Another Netflix original. Uh, and after that, I'm not sure what's happening. So we'll leave it there. Maybe Serial Mum. Oh, yes. With you yes. and me. Yeah. Let's go record that now. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and I'll catch you next week. I hope I persuaded you to watch this film. <laughs> <laughs>